Hello and welcome back to the Bible Podcast. Today is April 13th. We're in 2 Samuel. Today's reading is chapters 13 and 14. Let's get started. Chapter 13. David's son Absalom had a beautiful sister named Tamar, and another of David's sons, Amnon, fell in love with her. Amnon became so infatuated with his sister Tamar that he felt sick. She was a virgin, and Amnon saw it was impossible for him to have her. However, Amnon had a friend named Jonadab, and he was the son of David's brother Shemiah. Jonadab was a very cunning man. He asked Amnon, Why are you, the king's son, so down every morning? Why don't you tell me what's wrong? I'm in love with Tamar, my brother Absalom's sister. Amnon replied, Lie down on your bed and pretend you're sick, Jonadab told him. When your father comes to see you, tell him, Please have my sister Tamar come in. Give me some food to eat. She can make it as I watch and she can hand it to me. So Amnon lay down and pretended to be sick. When the king came to see him, Amnon asked him, Please have my sister Tamar come and make a couple of pancakes as I watch, and she can hand them to me to eat. Then David sent a message to Tamar at the palace, Please be so kind as to go to the house of your brother Amnon and make him some food. So Tamar went to the house of her brother Amnon to where he was lying down. She took some dough, kneaded it, and cooked the pancakes as he watched. Then she took the pan and emptied it out before him, but he refused to eat. Everybody, leave me, Amnon shouted. Everyone left. Then Amnon said to Tamar, Bring the food over here into my bedroom so you can hand it to me to eat. So Tamar took the pancakes she had made to her brother, Amnon, in his bedroom. But as she handed him the food, he grabbed hold of her and said, Come to bed with me, my sister. No, you're my brother, she exclaimed. Do not rape me. That's not what we do in Israel. Do not do something so shameful. Stop and think about me. How could I bear such a disgrace? Think about yourself too. You'll be treated with contempt as a complete fool in Israel. Please speak with the king, for he won't stop you from marrying me. But Amnon wouldn't listen to her, and because he was stronger than she was, he raped her. Then Amnon hated Tamar with immense hatred. His hatred was so strong that it was greater than the love he'd had before. Get up, get out of here, get lost, he told her. No, don't do this, she answered. Sending me away in disgrace would be an even greater evil than what you've already done to me. But he wouldn't listen. He called for his servant and said, Get rid of this woman and lock the door behind her. So his servant threw her out and locked the door behind her. Tamar was wearing the long robe of a princess, which is what the king's virgin daughters wore. Tamar put ashes on her head and tore her long robe. She put her hands on her head and went away wailing loudly. Her brother Absalom found her and asked, Has brother Amnon been with you? Keep quiet for the moment, my sister. He's your brother. Don't be so upset about it. So Tamar lived as a ruined and abandoned woman in her brother Absalom's home. When King David heard about it, he was very angry. Absalom didn't talk to Amnon at all because he hated Amnon for raping his sister Tamar. Some two years later, when his sheep shearers were at Baal Hazor near Ephraim, Absalom invited all the king's sons to join 
the celebrations. He went to the king and said, I, your servant, have hired shearers. Would the king and his servants please join me? No, my son, the king replied. We can't all go. We would be a burden to you. Even though Absalom went on asking, he was not willing to go, but he did give Absalom his blessing. Well then, at least let my brother Amnon join us, Absalom responded. Well, why do you want him to go, the king asked. But Absalom kept on asking, so the king sent Amnon and his other sons. Absalom gave orders to his men, saying, Pay attention. When Amnon is feeling happy from drinking wine, and I tell you, attack Amnon, then kill him. Don't be afraid. I myself am giving you this order. Be strong and be brave. So Absalom's men did what Absalom had ordered and killed Amnon. Then all the rest of the king's sons jumped up, got on their mules, and ran away. While they were on their way back, David received a message. Absalom has killed all the king's sons. There's not a single one left. The king stood up, tore his clothes, and lay down on the ground. All his officials stood beside him with their clothes torn. But Jonadab, son of David's brother Shemiah, told them, Your majesty must not think they have killed all the king's sons. Only Amnon is dead. Absalom has been planning this ever since the day Amnon raped his sister Tamar. So, your majesty, please don't believe the report that all the king's sons are dead. Only Amnon is dead. In the meantime, Absalom had run away. When the watchman in Jerusalem looked out, he saw a large crowd coming along the road, coming from the direction of Beth Haran down the side of the hill. Jonadab told the king, Can you see? The king's sons are arriving. It's exactly as your servant said. As he finished speaking, the king's sons came in, crying and wailing. Then the king and all of his officials also cried loudly. Absalom ran away to Talmai, son of Amihud, the king of Geshur. Every day David mourned for his son Amnon. After Absalom had run away to Geshur, he remained there for three years. King David longed to go and see Absalom, for he had finished grieving over the death of Amnon. Chapter 14 Joab, son of Zuriah, knew that the king kept on thinking about Absalom, so Joab sent a messenger to Tekoa to bring back a wise woman who lived there. He told her, Pretend to be a mourner. Put on clothes for mourning and don't use any scented oils. Be like a woman who has been in mourning for the dead a long time. Then go to the king and tell him this. Joab told her what to say. When the woman from Tekoa went to see the king, she bowed face down to the ground in respect and said, Please help me, your majesty. What's the matter, the king asked her. Sadly, I'm a widow. My husband is dead, she replied. Your majesty, I had two sons. They had a fight outside and there was nobody there to stop them. One of them hit the other and killed him. Now the whole family is against me. They're saying, hand over your son who killed his brother so we can put him to death for murdering his brother. That way he won't inherit anything either. But doing this, they would snuff out the last ember of hope I have to carry on my husband's name and family in the world. Go on home, the king told the woman, and I myself will make sure your case is dealt with for you. Thank you, your majesty, said the woman. I and my family will take the blame, and may your majesty and your family be held to be innocent. 
If anyone complains to you about it, bring him here to me, and he won't bother you again, the king told her. Please, your majesty, the woman continued, swear by the Lord your God that you will stop the person wanting to avenge the murder from making it worse by killing my son. As the Lord lives, he promised, not a single hair from your son's head will fall to the ground. Could I please ask for one other thing, your majesty? The woman asked. Go ahead, he replied. So why have you schemed in a similar way against the people of God? The woman asked. Since your majesty just decided my case by what you said, haven't you convicted yourself because you refused to bring back the son you banished? Yes, we all have to die. We're like water spilled on the ground that can't be collected again. But that's not what God does. Instead, he works out ways for anyone who is banished to come back home to him. That's why I've come to explain this to your majesty, because someone has frightened me. So I thought to myself, I will go and speak to the king. Perhaps he will grant my request. Perhaps the king will listen and save me from the man who would cut off both me and my son from God's chosen people. I thought, may what your majesty says bring me peace, for your majesty is able to tell the difference between good and evil, just like an angel of God. May the Lord your God be with you. Please don't refuse to answer the question I'm about to ask. The king said to the woman, Please ask your question, your majesty, she replied. Is all this Joab's doing? the king asked. The woman replied, As you live, your majesty, no one can hide anything from you. Yes, it was Joab, your officer, who ordered me to do this. He told me exactly what to say. He did so to show the other side of the situation. But your majesty is as wise as an angel of God, and you know everything that happens in this country. The king said to Joab, Fine, I'll do it. Go and bring young Absalom back. Joab bowed down with his face to the ground in respect and blessed the king. Today, said Joab, I, your servant, know that you approve of me, your majesty, because you have granted my request. Joab went to Geshur and brought Absalom back to Jerusalem, but the king gave this order. He may return to his home, but he's not to come and see me. So Absalom returned to his own home, but he did not go and see the king. Absalom was admired as the most handsome man in the whole of Israel. He didn't have a single blemish from head to toe. He cut his hair every year because it got so heavy. It weighed 200 royal shekels. He had three sons and a daughter named Tamar, a very beautiful woman. Absalom lived in Jerusalem for two years but was not permitted to see the king. Absalom called Joab to arrange for him to see the king. For Joab, to send him to the king, but Joab refused to come. Absalom called Joab again, but Joab still would not come. So Absalom told his servants, Look, Joab's field is next to mine, and he has barley growing there. Go and set it on fire. Absalom's servants went and set the field on fire. Joab went to Absalom's house and asked, Why did your servants set my field on fire? Look here, said Absalom, I sent for you, saying, Come here, I want you to go ask the king. Why did I bother coming back from Geshur? It would have been better for me to stay there. So go and arrange for me to see the king, and if I'm guilty of anything, he can kill me. So Joab went and told the king what Absalom had said. Then David summoned Absalom. 
who came and bowed down with his face to the ground before him in respect. Then the king kissed Absalom. Looking back in history, this is Holocaust Day, established by Israel's Knesset as a memorial to the Jewish dead of World War II. It was on this day in 1945 that British and American troops liberated the German extermination camps of Belsen and Buchenwald. The first camp freed was Buchenwald, north of Weimar, Germany, where about 56,000 prisoners, many of them Jewish, perished. The world was shocked and saddened when it became fully aware of the horror Hitler and his minions perpetrated on the innocent. Tragically, it took far too long for friends of the oppressed Jews to step forward and end the hell that had been unleashed upon them. Too often we fail to see the hurts and hunger of those about us and permit violence to continue for too long. Joab saw the hurt in David's eyes because the king and his son were alienated. It was true that Absalom had committed a horrible evil in revenging the rape of Tamar, his beloved sister. Absalom had brutally killed his own brother, Amnon, the perpetrator of the rape. Absalom fled to escape punishment for his evil and lived in exile. Joab, on seeing the pain of the separation, attempted to bring reconciliation to David and his son. Joab proved a real friend to David in this matter. He truly wanted to bring the two together. Looking deeper, real friends try to heal the hurt of those near to them. Joab could see the pain David suffered because his son was alienated from him. Joab moved to reconcile the two. God can give us creativity to reach those whose hearts are hard. David was set against his son, but Joab discovered how not only to get David's attention, but make him hear. Anger often blinds us to injustice. David's anger at Absalom kept the two separated. The wise woman of Tekoa helped bring the matter into clear focus for David. God is always seeking ways to reconcile his wayward children. The woman of Tekoa captured the very heart of God by her statement to the angry but grief-stricken king. Comfort and prosperity mean nothing if we have no relationship with God. Absalom said, What's the use of dwelling in Jerusalem if I can't see the face of the king? John 59-13 through 13 says, I have loved you even as the Father has loved me. Remain in my love. When you obey my commandments, you remain in my love, just as I obey my Father's commandments and remain in his love. I have told you these things so that you will be filled with my joy. Yes, your joy will overflow. This is my commandment. Love each other in the same way I have loved you. There is no greater love than to lay down one's life for one's friends. Jesus goes on to say in verse 14, 15, and 16, that you are my friends if you do what I command. I no longer call you slaves because a master doesn't confide in his slaves. Now you are my friends, since I have told you everything the Father told me. You didn't choose me. I chose you. I appointed you to go and produce lasting fruit, so that the Father will give you whatever you ask for, using my name. This is my command. Love each other. Let's end with prayer. Lord, help me to be a real friend by knowing the hurts of others and reaching out to help them. May I not be so caught up in my own world that I fail to care for others. 
1 John 3.18 says, My little children, let us not love in word or in tongue, but in deed and in truth. Amen. We're blessed to be together here on the Bible Podcast, and I look forward to being with you tomorrow as we read through 2 Samuel chapters 15 through 17.